Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Glad you are with us as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself, helping them plan their futures and broadcast on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And a lot of our program is focused on uh, people who've worked hard, saved well, and want to make sure that they maintain their financial independence throughout yes. their life. Yeah. And many would like to be rich, but more importantly, they don't want to be poor. Both very subjective terms. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> especially in a third world, especially in a first world country versus a third world yes. country, right? Yes. Very, very subjective. Yes. That's I, a good point. <laughs> a good point. Because was I talking to the other day? Like we tend to eat out quite often as a family. I like eating out as a family because I hate doing dishes. I hate doing dishes. I don't like cooking particularly. And there's something nice if you're all in a booth. You get you're an hour together, and it's a good time, and you leave, and you don't have to do the dishes. Okay. That's what I like about it. But like, growing up, like, I mean, like on a, a birthday, we'd go out to dinner. And that's yeah. pretty much it. We didn't go out to dinner. But, but now it's, it's just a, such a different – so the concept of – of riches and poverty, like it changes. It's a moving target, right? Yes. Yeah, remember? Yeah, going out. We would go out uh, two to three times a year. Normally after church on Sunday when we went out, we'd eat at one of two places, and all you could eat with buffet. There were five kids, four of them boys, and all you could eat at buffet. Or my dad would bring us to a bowling alley, and we would eat at this little cafe in the bowling, bowling alley. alley. Yeah. I don't know why, but maybe maybe it was really cheap and good. I don't know, but you know, when you're six or seven, any pancakes good. <laughs> oh, for breakfast is <laughs> yeah, after church? just for breakfast after church. Yeah. And then would they give you some change until you get another pack of cigarettes? Go to the machine and pull the knob because my parents used to do that. <laughs> give me a pack of the marbles, would you? There, Sonny. <laughs> uh, yeah, you put the, it's fun. You got to put the coins in. <laughs> Out comes the pretty red box. <laughs> that was... And I'd crawl back to the table and get <laughs> back in the high chair. Your dad. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, That's funny. Uh, this is a financial show, and let's uh, take some calls. 833-99-WORTH um, to be part of our program. And we we'll always love taking calls because they're always so interesting, and you never know what you're going to get. And we don't tend to um, spend any – we don't do any time doing any research ahead of time. We just, like – What's the call? And let's see where it goes. See where it goes. And that's makes it fun for us as well. 833-99-WORTH is that contact number if you've got a question for us. And we're going to start off with Craig. Craig, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, quick question. Um, I've got about four more years till I'm going to have to retire at 65. And I was just seeing... Basically, if I got to start looking for another uh, line of work after that, or if I have, if I'm on the trajectory to at least enjoy my uh, golden years, so to speak. Are you a pilot or something? Yeah, I was going to ask the same question. Forced retirement? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly I was going to ask exactly the same question, Scott, (laughs) because it's very rare that you see a forced retirement. And by the way, I I know somebody, they were forced retirement at age 58, air traffic controller. Oh. 58. Well, I think that's probably been moved up a little bit. And it was. Oh, this is two years ago. Really? Yes. It wouldn't surprise me to see with the pilot shortage that's going on right now if the uh, airlines don't lobby for a little bit of an extension on the age 65. Oh, that'd be nice. Who knows? Can you advocate for that? Yeah, Yeah, I could advocate for anything (laughs) you want. They'll start bringing the retirees back into fly. (laughs) Yeah. Recalling the retired workers. Get the 84 year old out to come get back, retrained back in seats. Is that what you'd like to see, Pat? (laughs) That's not funny. All right, so what's your what's your financial situation look like? Uh, how much of a pension um, will you be receiving? Well, I won't receive any pension from uh, airlines. I do have a $40,000 after tax from uh, the government. And then I'll have, uh, currently, 
I checked it out. I got the 875 in my 401k, and I have uh, 750 in my IRAs. I, I have a 250 in my Roth and 500,000 in my traditional IRA, and then uh, I have a I have some other savings, cash, just basically money in the bank. Uh, I have no bills. House is paid off. Worth about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's where I'm at. Are you supporting any? Problems. Are you supporting any children? Uh, my daughter turned eighteen and decided uh, I'm not smart, so she moved out of the house. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, I don't know if that's perfect. Maybe it's perfect. Um, uh, she'll come back, but that's she. She she does have a good job. What's so. your approximate income now? Um, approximately is hundred eighty thousand. Say that again. hundred eighty thousand dollars a year, approximately. It varies um, month to month. It seems like lately. And what what was just out of curiosity this last year during the pandemic, when I'm sure you weren't working much, what happened to your pay? That what happened to the pay of most pilots? Um, it went down. It went. I mean, I went from. I had some months where I was. Ten thousand dollars a month, and I had one month when I was eighteen thousand dollars. So, it, like I say, it, it it's been varying quite a bit. So, I estimate on the low side at one hundred and eighty, because, like I say, it it's been going back and forth this last whole year. And you're Social Security eligible. So, so here's what. The, and the forty thousand after tax is, is that from the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation? No, that's from the United States Air Force. Got it. Oh, got it. Thank you for your service. So, uh, and you're already receiving that today. You're receiving that now, or you will at 65. No, I'm receiving that today. Okay. And the reason I ask is, before I'm thinking, okay, we have 180 thousand to replace. Well, we already have 40, so now we only need 140. But now we're looking at it's 220 thousand of income we need to replace. But, but we're really only going to replace the 180 because the 40 is just a push, right? right? So you've yeah. got two point three seven five million, according to the numbers you shared with us, right? No, it's seven fifty in IRA, broken down two fifty in a Roth and five. Oh, got it, got it. Thank you. So one point eight seven five million. No, one point one point six. Some change. One point seven. Oh, I added something twice. Yep. So can you retire? It depends on not not replace a hundred percent of your income. I, I don't need to do that, I don't think. How much income um, do you need to replace? Well, right now, I, I try and live uh, on less than I make by a substantial amount. I try and live on like $9,000 a month, and even out of that, I don't use it all because I always save for car problems. Cause but you're living on that. What do you have in the bank? What's your, what do you in have the bank? Yeah. Yes. I got $60,000 cash. So you are living on all of it, or your bank balance would be much higher. You're just not living on it month to month. It comes out in chunks. You buy a new car, redecorate the kitchen, do whatever, right? Um, it's, um, it's close. Uh, so I am going to uh, direct you to our website. I want you to watch uh, the webinar, Seven Personal Decision Points. And then you could do the calculation yourself. I, I mean, look, okay. I, if I were in your situation four years away from retirement, I think it'd be worth your while to sit down with a financial advisor, run the numbers, look at what's, rea what's realistic here. You've got four more years for additional 401k contributions and for growth in those accounts. What are those going to be worth? What are some realistic withdrawal assumptions? Like, depending on how much equity exposure you have in those 401ks, what's kind of a ballpark assumption we could use going forward, considering you've got this military pension that has some cost of living adjustment on it, Social Security's got cost of living adjustment on it. We can take those into, so, I mean, and, and run all this, so then we can say, all right, what's a realistic, for, for Craig to have a 95% confidence in retirement, how much income can he have? And, and then you can start looking at, like, all right, what if I took a little bit more income? What, what's probability of outcome and give you so i was going to go exactly the same place scott went which was go to our website watch the uh seven personal decision points 
which is the financial planning process that we wrote, which I mean, Scott and I played a role in it as as well as the rest of the Allworth uh, group, wrote this planning software that actually shows where either you're over budget or under budget, you've got too much money or not enough, or you can come and visit an advisor, our advisor, any decent advisor out there should be able to answer the question. But from what the information you gave us, this is not a slam dunk by any means. Okay. Let's say that it grew to two million and that we started a 5% distribution on that account or four and a half percent distribution on that account. It's 90,000, right? That still puts us $90,000 short. Well, then you say, well, social security is going to give me, you know, $2,500 a month or $3,000 a month. We're still short, but yours is close. It's on the border. I mean, it's not. How long has your house been paid off? Um, last four years. Okay, good. So you had some additional expenditures then. I mean, look, you're in great shape, right? So what we're trying to do is, how do we figure out how do we how do we have the two hundred twenty thousand dollars a year still coming in retirement? And if that's not the reality, then what 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 is reality? You don't have to go back to work. It's your choice, a lifestyle choice. I mean, if you want to take a a couple uh, international trips, flying business class, and staying in at the Four Seasons, then you might need to go back to work. Yeah, that's probably what he wants to do. Is climb. I don't think that's what he wants to he do. He wants to climb back on a plane. He's <laughs> like, like, man, I missed that plane. <laughs> you know, we Only actually... if I got the big window seat. <laughs> right. Yeah, actually, yeah. and by the way, we actually, one of the divisions in our company, which is RAA Allworth, works... They specialize in pilots. Specialize working with pilots. Um, yeah, go to RAA.com. Yeah, RAA.com. So uh, there's a book from the, uh, from the right seat to the rear seat. Uh, the right, yeah. They, uh, is that the right seat to the rear What's seat? What's the captain? Where's the captain sit? Left seat. Oh, left yeah, seat. It goes from the left seat to the rear seat. We have a, 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 a is it a book? I, it's a. We have a book. It's a book called Left Seat to the Rear Seat that Something actually like talks that. about. I know the title. Well, anyway, we have a division in our company that specializes yes. in working with pilots. Oh yeah, and many of them are actually Hundreds. retired. Uh, yeah, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and of pilots. And the people there understand the benefits. They understand the benefits. If you work for United, Delta, Southwest, any of the big big carriers, they understand the benefits. So I would encourage you to reach All out. Right. That's a shameless promotion for yeah, our but company. It would be helpful. <laughs> I mean, it's a good place to start for, <laughs> right? for dang sure, yeah. Because they understand the benefits so well. And it's appreciate the call, Craig. But, but you and I personally don't understand those company-specific benefits, like the people that work in the, our Pilot division. No, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the medical is or the life insurance after retirement or... I don't either. They would know all those things, but not me. And they are part of the Allworth team. They are part of the Allworth team, and um, we appreciate them. Let's talk with um, John. John, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Well, hello. Hello, John. Hey, I'm calling from Sacramento. All right. I love listening to you guys. Thank you, sir. Uh, I got a I got a question. So my wife and I, uh, we're we're older parents. Uh, we're in our uh, late fifties. We're getting closer to retirement, but we happen to have a seven year old child. And I was wondering if there was a uh, a smart way to uh, fund private high school for him, like we could save for it, or other than just you know paying for it out of the bank. Got it. You can use a uh, you can use a five twenty nine plan for it. Yeah. Gross tax five twenty nine. Yeah, because gross tax de- de- deferred if it's used for education expenses, typically for college, but it could be used for uh, private high school as well. Yeah. So uh, you you would start putting money in there now. Uh, I'd probably take a pretty balanced approach in terms of the investment uh, because you don't have that many years. So what grade is he in now? He's uh, he's in second grade. And how old is your wife? Uh, we're 58. And uh, do you both work outside the home? Uh, yes, we both work outside the home. Uh, we're both uh, school teachers, and oh. then I teach uh, college in the evening. And, nice. And how much money so, do you have uh, in your 403Bs b- between the two of you? 700000 So should we be – well, we've been – lately I've been maxing out our contributions uh, to our 403B, and I assume I should con- continue to do that. And do you have um, enough free cash flow to start putting money into um, a 529 plan for your son? I do. 
I do. I do have some money to to put into that. I was just wondering if there. I didn't know. If, I just didn't know if there was some like some special way that folks uh, that folks may have done that. That that is so the. But I'd ask you guys. That's the only methodology to uh, to actually fund um, those. Uh, it, it used to be for college only, post secondary education, but now it's for all education, including private yeah. school, including. Uh, faith-based schools, and I only say that because <laughs> I am from Sacramento, and I am um, my children attended faith-based schools in Sacramento. Well, that's what we're thinking about—a faith-based school. And either is, so, is you've got either G- starts with the letter J. Or? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yes, my, all three of my boys graduated from Jesuit. <laughs> they are uh, they are uh, dear to my heart and close to my wallet. How's that? Excellent, right it's, excellent it's, education, it's not, by the it's way. It's not very common that people save for a private high school, in in part because college tends to be, the cost of college tends to be that much greater, and typically people, it's pay-as-you-go, uh, they pay out of current cash flow. I, I mean, well, the situation you're in, you're looking at retiring at some point in time, I, my guess. Well, you know, the... And the child wasn't necessarily in the plan when we were, you know, <laughs> I, I get thinking it. about the future. Look, I, so, you I know, so our, our plan has changed a lot recently. Uh, so, you know, so I've, I've done some things, uh, you know, um, I had lots of miscellaneous pieces of real estate, which I recently liquidated and, and, and paid off. So I have I have two homes, but one home is now fully paid off. And the other home has a, a much smaller mortgage now with the lower interest rates and uh, doing those sorts of things. And now we're just starting to think about funding his high school and funding his college. Now, now. And I'm going to agree so, with Scott. I, I'm going to, I answered your question that you can use the 529. I would concentrate less on the high school because of the cost associated with the high school um, is typically significantly less than cost of college. But if, I mean, the 529, you can use it for whatever. Yeah, correct. So you fund the you 529. you never know what life, just like you weren't expecting to be late 50s with a seven-year-old. So what happens is you fund the 529, and when his freshman year rolls around, you decide whether you want to use it or not, or you could just push it off to college. That's why you would start funding that today. So I, I do think, I have, I do think I that seems, it is kind of prudent, given this stage you're in life, because if, if suddenly you have to retire, which happens sometimes, right, uh, then, right. then you've got these, these expenses taken care of. We think it's a good idea to fund the 529, whether you use it yeah. for uh, Jesuit high school or not. And by the way, couldn't be happier with the education my children received at Jesuit high school. Right on. Okay, well, that sounds like some awesome advice, guys. All right, appreciate the All call. Right. Yeah, wish you well, John. All right. And one more, th- one more piece, right. of really quick while you're still there. Um, if, if, if you or your, your wife retires before, well, whenever you retire, sign up for Social Security, at least one of you, early on, because... Once someone, one of you on Social Security benefits, you'll receive benefits for your son as well. Just one of you has to Just do it. Just one of you. Excellent point, Scott. All right. So even in your planning, it could be that you say, well, I'm not going to take Social Security till I'm 65. You'd take it as quickly as you possibly could as long as your child yeah, is a, you a minority. Yeah, it suspended. Let me think about that. What if you took it at 62? Uh, it, you, you, because oh, your income's suspended. too high, you, you give, it, give it back. So it ends up being suspended, but you get your son on Social Security. Oh, you benefit. mean you pay it back? Yeah. Would you have, I don't know whether you'd have to pay back your child's as well or not. I don't. I doubt it. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I would look into, though. Well, well let's wait until he gets the Social Security age, get because that's four year years <laughs> from now, and the rules will be different for Social well, Security than be. they are today. It might be, but that's something to definitely Yeah, consider. yeah. So call us back in three and a half years and ask us the question whether you should take Social Security or not. I will definitely do it. Well, no, my wife and I are both stirs, so we were running under the assumption that even though we had previous careers where we earned 40 quarters of Social Security, that we weren't likely to get any. You, but you'll get something, a little amount. But But, what we're talking about is getting, because you have a dependent, your dependent gets income. Because you're on Social Security. So we've had clients, we have had clients that have had sole custody of, Grandchildren, nieces, nephews. We've had them adopt the child so that they get Social Security yes. benefits for the child. Got it. Yeah, right. that's definitely something to look into. I will Just definitely. One do that. more yes. benefit of having children late in life. <laughs> oh no, the benefit is is I don't worry about stuff the way like all the young parents do. Do you, you have know? older kids as well? No. This no, is, no. My my wife woke up on her fiftieth birthday and said, "Oh darn, we forgot to have kids." 
Okay, wow, I don't think it been... happened just like that. <laughs> I'm 50. What have I done with my life? I don't believe it happened just like that, but we're going to go with it. How's that? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure it's a blessing. He's a blessing. Oh, so. no kidding. <laughs> life uh, Kids certainly make life rich and interesting. Oh, yes. Even in the challenging moments. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. I, like, 4th of July, last week, my, my kids were jockeying over who's going to have who over our house. Who's going to, can I have these kids? Did their and kids are, are they home for the summer? Is that what the deal They is? came home for the 4th of July because they can, because they work remotely. My uh, son came home for a couple days. Well, he's used our, our place to stay for a day on the way up and back to Oregon <laughs> for a paragliding competition. Hmm. So he went to Boston College, which incidentally is Jesuit uh, college. We're not Catholic, but it was a fant- that was actually a brilliant place for him. Because uh, he wasn't liberal enough going going in. Oh, he he's left. <laughs> he was less liberal leaving Boston College than he was when he went. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had debates like, well, you know, communism, socialism hasn't really been tried properly, Dad. That's why. Okay. Like stuff, those sorts of things. Um, where am I going with this? So thing? he went, stopped to your house on this way oh, to yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Boston College, private education. And by the way, when you plan for college costs, there's some, th- and I did pretty well. I had the, I had the 529 down pretty much to the penny. Except? Except for the travel costs. Of going back and forth to Boston, and the hotel and the rental car and the meals out, and then because we live in the suburbs of Sacramento, there's not a lot of shopping. So my wife would like to okay, and so then that just added to the cost. Correct. So my point with all so anyway, my son was Boston College. Uh, I thought he was going to study mathematics or computer science or something, but every kid chooses their own path. So he's a paragliding instructor. In Santa Barbara now. And so he went to Oregon for a paragliding competition, which I didn't know there really was such a thing. How'd he do? He took second overall. Wow, that's pretty good. Out of 60 pilots. Wow. He's 23 years old. I'm like, son, you got a real career ahead of you there. (laughs) So just for a little bit of background, where did you go to college, Scott? Since we're talking about these private schools, where did you go to college? Uh, First, I went to El Camino Junior College. In Southern get, California? Yes, to get my um, f- first couple years of education. And it took me a while because I had a little tree trimming business that I ran. And then I went to uh, Chico State. And mom and dad paid for? Very little. Sacramento State University myself, and mom and dad paid for nothing. So, And uh, in some aspects, I, 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 that journey, I think for me, I learned a great deal. I learned a great deal by running a little business through junior college. I learned a great deal... Um, that whole that whole yeah. paying for figuring out how to pay for it all. Yes, it was a good yeah. experience. So, if people listening to the podcast or the show are thinking these pretentious, you know, it well pretentious. Yeah, we're throwing away names like oh, private college, Jesuit schools, whatever. We work for it. We don't have to apologize to anyone. Just to let you know that we didn't. We, I wasn't born on third base and thought I and hit look, a triple. I told my kids, like, this is you're like this is a this it's is a, a blessing. blessing it's and a, a blessing. Gift. Like most people in the world do not have these opportunities. That's right. That's right. And actually for my kids in college, I ask them all to work and they do. Because I think it's good for them. Work during school? Work during school. I tried to get my son to do it. I, I said, I was excited. I've got lots of good plans for my kids. <laughs> okay, do you? <laughs> yeah, they don't always work out. Uh, I said, why don't you go work for the alumni and you can dial for dollars? You know, they call and try to get you to give some money. And I just thought it'd be good sales training for him or something. How could that be bad for him? And he says, Dad, have you seen the lawns at Boston College, how green they are and how beautiful the grounds are? I can't in good conscience call people and ask them to give money so that we have even more in our billions foundation to keep the grass even greener than it is. There's, that was his the, response. He says, of all the money, all the places for people to donate their money, I don't think it needs to go to Boston you should, What, he studied rhetoric? I mean, that is a beautiful argument. That was brilliant. Your son should be a lawyer. That was a brilliant argument. Well, he can pay for law school on his own <laughs> okay. after the winnings from his paragliding competitions. There he goes. Huh? <laughs> That's going to cover it. Oh, I hear they're yeah. big. I hear they're big. <laughs> it's a big sport. Lots of sponsorships. <laughs> Lots of sponsorships. <laughs> the medical centers are sponsoring he, he, it. He, I shouldn't tell you this. Okay. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> he got actually gave him a nice trophy. Oh, nice. And this bottle of red wine. I don't know if it was because it was a heat wave when he was there and it got cooked or something. It was Honest a- to God, it was the worst tasting wine I was it? We had dinner and I couldn't drink. And I said, I'm sorry. I went and opened another bottle. And my wife the next day says, I couldn't see him at least pretended. I said, I don't think he cares about the wine. That was terrible oh, wine. That's I don't funny. know what that swill was. <laughs> Thanks for putting in all the hard work for this garbage <laughs> bottle of wine, son. Not like I opened a nice bottle. It's just I couldn't drink that stuff. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we're entertaining ourselves, so I hope you're finding this somewhat amusing. When we get back, we'll continue on with the calls. We'll talk to Preston. We'll talk to you as well. And to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. You're listening to All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McClain. Glad you are hanging on the program in spite of us talking about stuff that has completely zero now, relation. That was one of the negative reviews on um, I, when I was reading the uh, podcast reviews. Um, 99% said we like the fact that they're personal and share real life stories. And then 1% said they chatter too much about their personal lives. I wish they would just get onto the numbers. Okay. Those people don't need to listen to the program. And they're probably not the kind of people I don't want to have dinner with. Well, listen. I'm just being real. When they get their own radio show, they could do talk about whenever they want. It's easy to have a podcast. Oh, it is. It is. Do it in your bedroom. Throw it out there on the World Wide Web. And people are lining up to download, yes, just yes. downloading like crazy. I do enjoy the podcast, so I must admit. I've I have a friend it. who does a podcast, and he's, they, what, there's a community of people. They subscribe to each other's podcasts to get the listener numbers up, but I don't think anyone actually listens to the programs. Oh. So there's X number of people on some sort of community, and, and they subscribe to each other's podcasts. To inflate so each got, other's numbers. Yes. But I don't think anyone actually listens to It's a podcast farm. Pretty much. All right. Let's uh, head back to the calls here. Uh, 833-99-WORTH is our contact number. We're talking with Preston. Preston, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi there. Uh, I'm from Washington State, but I'm actually calling from Argentina. How's it going? Argentina. All right. Yeah. Are you in the, one of the yeah, ma- major cities there, or are you out in the bush? I'm, I'm three hours away from the capital, Buenos Aires. All right. I'm on the beach. Of course you are. Nice. Yeah. What can we do for you? Of course you are on the beach. You, do you have a question about Bitcoin? Because that's what, <laughs> that's what it said here. I'm so. asking about a Roth IRA early distribution. So uh, I've I've already emptied the majority. Of, I've emptied over fifteen thousand dollars over seven years from my Roth IRA, and on all of these early distributions, I've opted out of paying the 10% penalty because it's optional. And I'm asking if I've, I've, these, these are all early distributions, which according to the IRS, I, I owe a penalty on, but because it was optional, I just did not pay the penalty. How old are you? How How old are you? I'm, I'm 29. Why do you want to get yourself into trouble with the IRS? I mean, of all people that have a, but you know, it's not optional, but, but but the, the penalties wouldn't be that much. He's 29. How much growth Temp- could have taken place? It's not on the principal deposit. It's only on the growth, is it not? It's as five long as years. It's been there for five uh, years. For five years. I'm, Has it been there for five years? I, I'd be with, I've, I've only withdrawn the principal, not the growth. And, okay. But the withdrawals I made, I have not been there. I've not used that money for college or buying No, no, no. You're allowed to take, you're allowed to take, if you, as long as you've had it there for five years, you can take out your principal. Your original deposits okay. without any penalty or taxes. It's after that. The bigger okay. question I've got is what in the world are you doing spending your retirement in your 20s so you can stay on the beach in Argentina? <laughs> well, that's, that's it, really. Just uh, to travel the world, I've, I've dipped into that Roth IRA because I'd rather retire early or I'd rather learn, learn a couple languages. I speak three languages today. And, you know, that's, okay. That's why. So what's your question for us? Is that your question? That's it. Yeah, That's yeah. It. I mean, do, 
Is that concerned? Do I owe taxes to the IRS? If you owe anything, do you file a tax return? Yes, I do. And how much do you have in your Roth IRA? Right now, I only have probably $4,000 left. So when did you open the, the, the original Roth? In 2014. And when did you start taking withdrawals? So I started taking withdrawals before five years was up. Okay, well, you owe the money. You owe the, you owe the penalty on it. I don't understand why you wouldn't just pay it. Because it was optional, I figured. Well, no, no. What do you mean optional? When you keep saying optional, I I don't understand. You can withhold optionally. It's not whether you actually have to pay it or not. So when you take that withdrawal, you have an option to withhold taxes or to not withhold taxes. So you go to the Roth IRA custody, and they say, they say, Preston, you want ten thousand dollars? You go, yes. Send me the ten thousand dollars. And then the second question is that you have the option to withhold taxes on this. President, do you want to withhold taxes on this? And you said no. Correct. Correct. Okay, that is a withholding. It has nothing to do with your true tax obligation. The true tax obligation for all taxpayers, every taxpayer, takes place on the tax return, not on the withholdings. So. You owe taxes just because you didn't okay. withhold it. And just because the IRS didn't, the, the custodian didn't calculate it, doesn't absolve you of your sin of tax avoidance. Sin? He's 29. I'm trying to make a point. It does not absolve yeah. you of your sin of tax avoidance. So what you may want to do is continue to ignore it. The chances of the IRS catching you. No, they will because they get, they get um, notification of those. Things. Over time, it will catch They'll up with you. They'll send you a letter. And it's it real will... easy for them. Okay. It's not like working for someone who pays you under the table. You take money out of an, a Roth IRA. They, your IRA custodian sends a documentation to the IRS every year on what deposits or withdrawals were made from it. So you need okay. to go back and either amend the tax returns or figure out what the tax obligation you owe and then pay it. Or stay out of the United States the rest of your life. Which is, I don't think it, I don't think it's that high crimes and misdemeanors that he, he's had like $10,000. <laughs> on on I dye the hair, put a grow mustache. Why are you living in Argentina? I took money out of my Roth IRA without paying taxes. I'm running from the. I owe six hundred dollars. I'm running from the law. You owe a few hundred dollars. It's not a lot. What is your long term plan? So there's look at be there's part of me that looks like good for you. you. Like right, I'm in good for you. And I tell you a quick story, Glenn. This is years ago. I had a client meeting with a husband and wife doing some uh, planning for their retirement, and I asked about their kids. The, the, the husband and wife are maybe within 10 years of retirement and they've got their 401k and their 403b and they're working on their mortgages and they, all this other stuff. And they're talking about their kids and oh yeah, Johnny, whatever his name was, he's doing great. He's got this going on. He's putting 6% in his 401k and Susie's got this and this and this. And well, we had this third kid. Well, I'm not even sure what countries he's in right now. I'm like, what do you mean? He's somewhere down in Latin America. He'll work like six weeks somewhere, save up enough money so he didn't have to work for the next six weeks and then he'll travel around and he'll He'll reach out every once in a while. And they tell me this whole story, and I said, you know, he might be the one that has it figured out. We're sitting here all stressed out about your retirement. He's out there just living, right? Yeah, and so Preston might be the smartest one in the room. Small room, but nonetheless. <laughs> so anyway, you do you do have an issue there. You do need to address it because you confused yeah, okay. the voluntary withholding with actually a, a legal tax obligation. So appreciate the call. Um, my I would I would suggest finding other sources of income than your Roth IRA because there will be a day when you are old. Well, he's in Argentina. He get a job as a gaucho. Oh, because all the Argentinians <laughs> are gauchos. Oh, how about why is that a tango dancer? <laughs> he could be a gaucho or a tango dancer. All right, appreciate the call. You think you're pretty funny going to Argentina. I have some good. I actually I grew up with some family friends from Argentina. Really interesting because they fled during the the. the Social unrest. Um, I'm 54, so they were little kids when they fled, and families had uh, prominent business people had to flee immediately during the time. And left many of their assets behind. I grew up drinking lots of mate. <laughs> is that, is that right? Which, by the way, when you look at uh, how many of uh, the Russian uh, wealthy people in Russia and China allocate their assets to real estate in foreign countries, 
Um, let that remind you why they like to do that. Let me ask you this. Would you be terrified living in Hong Kong these days? A hundred percent. Can you imagine? Would Would you be buying, if you were a Hong Kong, if you were well-to-do in Hong Kong, would you buy, be no, buying no, real no, estate? No. Would you be liquidating your real estate assets and moving them ashore? And the reason real estate is different than a lot of assets, it's hard to relocate real estate back to the mother country. And you could obscure title relatively easily, which is... It's just been amazing which what happened yeah. with Hong Kong. And by the way, I mean, that goes back. This is not something that new. It's just now it's actually come home to, to it's, it's, it's in the foreseeable future. But these were agreements that were made decades ago. Which agreements are you talking about? Hong Kong returning to China. Yeah, but it was supposed to be another 20 years or whatever. It was. It's coming close. Oh, That's well, right. Well, it's still a long way off. In some people's minds. In some people's minds, it's happening tomorrow. Which is obviously, that's the issue, right? Well, they clearly have changed. They've taken away all the uh, yes. democratic freedoms that they had before. Yes. Really amazing. It's really amazing how quickly that's uh, happened. Anyway, why are we talking about that? Uh, let's continue calls here. We're talking with Glenn. Glenn, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Uh, I've got a 30-year fixed mortgage, and I was wondering, how do I go about getting my bank to lower the interest rate on that existing mortgage? I've heard there's a way to do that, and I was wondering what the process is to just get them to lower the interest rate and what, on that existing. What is the interest rate? Oh, it's about a point. It's one percent above what it is now, so probably like three and a half, four. What what what's the interest rate? Yeah, around four. Okay, and why don't you just refinance it? Uh, I've been real pressed for time. And uh, which is why I haven't got around to doing it. So I just thought that, well, this would be a lot faster. Yeah. So here's, than- here's how they work. So most mortgages are um, sold in the secondary market, backed by governmental agencies, and they're a piece, they're a part of somebody's portfolio. So a bank might be the servicing agent, and you see the bank's name on it, but odds are it's not part of their uh, portfolio any longer. It could be owned but- by a mutual fund. It can be owned by a pension plan. It can be owned by an individual. Yeah, any number of different institutions. And there might be multiple people that own the same mortgage. There are times when the bank will port what's called portfolio the mortgage and hold it on, on uh, its balance sheet, but that's um, pretty rare. So you can call your bank and say, look, I want to refinance, but they're probably like, I mean, I want to, can you just lower the rate? Odds are they're not going to be able to. Just because they don't have the mechanism to do that. They don't own the paper itself. Right? They are just the servicer. And they part of that uh, payment that you make every month pays them to be the servicer. So how's your credit? Oh, excellent. And what's the value of the home? Uh, maybe 400000 And what do you owe on it? Uh, less than two hundred. And how much money do you have in the bank? Oh, about ten thousand. And how old are you? Uh, getting close to sixty. Uh, I would get a new thirty-year mortgage, and I would call um, a local mortgage broker. In fact, if you give your number out right now, I bet you th- <laughs> less, <laughs> no less. No less yeah. than 10 will call you in the next three minutes. And they'll call you regarding your warranty that's just about to expire. Yes. So if you want, you have that option as well. If, you're, if you don't want to look a mortgage broker up, we could just give your number out. But there are many, many great mortgage brokers. Uh, and what you're calling from what area? Uh, Sacramento County. Uh, easy. Easy, easy, easy. There's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. And it, by the way, it isn't... The mortgage of old, it, they're pretty streamlined. They go through pretty quick. It's, it's not going to take a tremendous amount of time. Ah. All righty. It's worth okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate the It'll call. Save you, two, save you two grand a year in interest. Yeah. Right. Significant. It, it, it rates are about 3% roughly today. Yeah. Somewhere right on the thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you th- I expect things can't get any crazier. Uh, now you can bet on Bitcoin in your IRA, and some are pushing for your 401k. 
And what baffles me on this, and by the way, I, there's some financial television program, I'm not going to say which one it is, have a, had a whole thing on Bitcoin as an investment and Bitcoin investors, and they're talking about investing in this. You're not, when you, if you buy Bitcoin, you're not investing. It's not an investment. You're speculating. You're, you're spe speculating. You're speculating on, a, on, a, on the price of an asset that is relatively new asset, which by the way, how are they assured that, that there will be no more Bitcoin mined after it's all run out? I keep reading this premise. I wish someone would explain it to me. Is it a promise somewhere that there is only a limited amount of Bitcoin that can be mined, which supports the price? What happens if they find a new vein of Bitcoin? Don't ask. <laughs> a new vein. <laughs> like, <laughs> we thought that we were all... Right? Well, look at all the other um, um, coins there are now. Yes. Who cares? Yeah, okay. It just Bitcoin happens to be the one that caught on versus the hundreds and Doge hundreds coin, of others. Hundreds and hundreds. Which was a of joke. Them. And the market cap was, was that $100 billion at the peak or something? Dogecoin? Yeah. Whatever it was. It was something astronomical. We talked about it a number of weeks ago in the program. But and China now has banned Bitcoin mining, because, apparently because... Of the energy uses. Now they're going to make a stand. <laughs> oh, they're green. They are green. Now they're going to make a stand. That's where we draw the line. You can pollute the rivers and the country in the air, but energy consumption. Well, here's this one recommending Bitcoin in 1% of your portfolio. Really? Like it's a commodity, like gold or... Anything else? Well, Dan Egan, he's uh, Betterman's vice president of a behavioral finance and investments, said anything over 1% of a portfolio is an aggressive allocation given that cryptocurrency represents just 0.5% of the value of global stocks and bonds. Well, then why would you put 1% if it represents just 0.15%? Why 1%? Why That's all just marketing spin, Scott. That's well, all the that. question is, if you if something is half a percent of your portfolio or one percent of your portfolio... Does it move anything? No. <laughs> I mean, hey, look at it. Doubled. Oh, good. Now it's two percent of your portfolio. Will it double again? And again and again and again and again? And why did he choose Bitcoin? Did he say Bitcoin or did he say um, cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency. Okay. Well, they are putting back packages or bags of, of cryptocurrencies together... So that you don't have to buy just one crypto, you you save yourself a lot of time by a bunch of garbage all at one stop. Yeah, well, this um, I guess they're actively exploring cryptocurrency and IRAs and taxable accounts in a way that enables clients to do it in a responsible, advised manner, according to their spokesperson, spokesman. A responsible in what manner? Responsible, advised manner. Hmm. You wouldn't. I wouldn't put it in my portfolio. My kids play it though, but they know it. They don't call it investing. They don't call it investing. Do they still do? You know, it's. They well, they do the Reddit stocks. But you have to. They they spend time watching Reddit to see what signs that the pump and dump people are ready to dump, and then they try to exit before them. So at least my kids, and by the way, you never, they are my children and I have a nephew that does the same. You'll never get the true picture because we only hear about the ones they make money on. That's how it is all the time. I guess that's, they're just like everyone else. Yes. Huh? <laughs> do Did they you, do options and stuff? Uh, I, I, they do. They do options as well. So, but my oldest son who has uh, lived through this experience of the options doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> He already had a negative outcome? <laughs> yes. He had a, uh, he, it was, and as I tell my wife, I'd rather them do it and learn oh, at this age. Absolutely. Rather than have their, you know, life savings betting on this. So It's just the strangest of markets right now. It is. It's lack of, it, first of all, it, there was too much time on people's hands. Way too much time on people's hands. Well, last year, it was kind of the perfect storm when you had time on your hands, and then they had commissions right before the pandemic, where the, a lot of the major firms said that uh, commissions on stocks and bond trades are now zero. Yes. 
Yes. So you can buy stocks with no, it doesn't cost you anything. And then the gamification, you look at like Robin Hood, it's and, like you. And then the government sent everyone a check so that they could actually use it to buy, crypt, buy cryptocurrency. Or these meme stocks. Is this meme? M E M E, meme stocks. <laughs> Not mean. Meme. <laughs> yeah, meme. Meme stocks. <clears throat> Different world. Which is the craziest thing. Different world. And Wall Street Journal's got a good podcast on um, on the whole, like, uh, Reddit and... How it works. GameStop and AMC. Just where it all came from. How it all began. Uh, you know what's interesting? The most interesting about is somehow some of these companies have actually taken advantage of this and by issuing new stock. Oh, AMC, yeah. Yeah. I just <clears throat> thought, these guys... They they they're not even really interested in what what happens to the uh, the money they raise the new stocks. They just know it's a great time to to sell new stocks AMC. into the marketplace. They are yes. selling a ton of stock. Yes, like our price is so high. Why wouldn't we sell our stock? The valuation makes no sense. Yeah, which is just crazy. Selling a bunch of stock. Well, you using it to pay down some debt. Yes. Yeah. Perfect sense for them at that point in time. Perfect. And it had nothing to do with them. They just found themselves in this situation because they happened to be a Reddit stock. One could be so lucky, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> Stockholder in some so company. Let's spend a minute talking about that. Why a company would actually sell stock to pay debt and why sometimes companies would actually take debt to buy stock. Well, if you think your stock price is overvalued and you believe it's going to fall, which is obviously what they were thinking, then you could take advantage of this high price, sell the stock, Take the Take, money. And pay off your high interest loans. Pay off your debt, right? But if you believe that your stock was undervalued and your cost of borrowing was really low, you would borrow money and then buy back your own stock. That's exactly right. And Share buybacks. Share buybacks. And sometimes those share buybacks are financed by cash flow, but oftentimes they're actually financed by either balance sheet or uh, debt issuance. And they got a bad rap for a period of time, right? The share buybacks? Yeah, well, the, the, because of the companies in the beginning of the bailout, we're talking about, well, look at these airlines were doing share buybacks, and now they're actually got their hand out looking for help. And had they not bought back their own shares, then they wouldn't need a handout. I don't know if that's 100% true, you can be a little bit irresponsible in your share buybacks, which means that you're not building a big enough buffer. But no one predicted a pandemic. I shouldn't say no one. Someone did. They just didn't know when. <laughs> right? We've been hearing about pandemics for years and years and years. And I always believed one would happen. I just couldn't tell you when. And so if you lived your whole life for the pandemic to happen next month, you'd, you'd, your portfolio would have done terrible. Well, even during the pandemic, most comp most companies made money. That's right. Most companies made money. Most one entertainment. I think what I leisure. think one thing that's important thing to, is if you can think back to how you're. You well, know, you can't separate the two. I mean, it's good to learn from his from your own personal history of investing. There's no better lesson than your own personal history of investing. How you acted. How you acted, how you felt, how it influenced you, impacted you during the, those times. And the financial crisis is one thing because it was purely a financial crisis that was caused by the financial system. The pandemic was very different because there was all kinds of emotions going around about, it was just a, particularly in the early days, like where's this thing going to, <laughs> where's this going to end with everybody and. So it not only how did you react, but how did your uh, significant other react in the marketplace? I have a much different risk tolerance than my wife does. Much different risk tolerance than my wife does. I mean, my wife doesn't. She doesn't pay any attention. Pay any attention? Zero. She got a degree in finance. <laughs> Just, I try to share with her. Like, here's our situation. Oh no, she didn't care. Oh oh, but I, I guess it shows she trusts me, but. Well, okay, that's actually pretty good. But I was talking to a, a couple three weeks ago. Um, one of them has a, their portfolio is 90% stocks, has been for years and years and years and years. And the other equal size portfolio, all cash. And it has been all for cash. years and years and years and years. Years and years. Cash. Cash. Retirement account in cash. In cash, right? And so Waiting for... 
they don't, there's always going to be the time, but there is never the right time. And that's what I said to him. I said, look, if you haven't find a buying opportunity in the last three crises that you've been in cash, then I don't think you're ever going to find it. So then your portfolio is going to be cash. Then we went to the next step. I said, what do you, what's this money for? And they couldn't answer the question. And they're talking about retirement and I'm talking about doing distributions for them to live on. And they're just, they started fighting among each other. That's weird. A couple fighting about finances. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a friend of theirs. I'm not, they're friends of mine. I'm not their advisor. And I suggested to them, I said, you know, you really need an advisor. And they said, no, no, we know what we're doing with our money. I said, yeah, I don't think you really do. And by the way, the reason you needed an advisor is a spending plan in retirement is a spending plan because you don't have any methodologies for taking the money out of your accounts. You had methodologies for putting it in, but every bit important is how you take it out. Well, I tell you, it's um, when you look it for many people, it is more challenging when they move to retirement, they're no longer saving anymore. Right? So at least when you're working, you're saving. So you're watching your account balance go up each month by what you're putting in. You're also busy. You're working, so you're not spending a lot of time. You go to retire, and you're thinking, oh, no, i got to make sure this money lasts me the rest of my life. So you've got more concern about it. You've got a lot of time on your hands. And now you're no longer adding to the account. You're taking money out each month. Which psychologically is very, very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people. And you see people make um, – you're more prone to make poor investment choices early on in your retirement. That's correct. I mean, which is – like we. We, we've helped people as they transition retirement for years. And I think one of the, in the early, the, the, that transition into retirement in the first couple of years is vitally important that you get set on the right plan, that kind of the right move forward. So anyway, unfortunately we're out of time. Uh, we've, I I'd highly recommend checking out one of our on-demand workshops. We're going to have live events return again in the fall, but um, we've got some great ones. Our top five Social Security answers, one of our more common Social Security ones. Check that out. But we're out of time. We'll see you next week. This has been All Worth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.